don't know about you, but as I was worshiping the Lord and giving Him all the glory, I felt that there was a turning in the Spirit. I felt things turning and shifting away from evil to good, away from negativity to positivity, away from death to life, away from sadness to joy. I felt a turning in my spirit. And I want to tell you something. It's not important that I felt that. It was important that I recognize it as your leader and that you follow along with me. Again, you're not following me as your Lord and Savior, but you follow me as your leader as I follow the Lord. It's an honoring system that God has set up. It's all about Jesus. But this morning, as your leader, I wanted to communicate to you and declare to you by faith that I felt a turning in the spiritual realm. I felt it in there. The Bible declares that he doesn't do something unless he reveals it to his prophets, to his leaders. And as God reveals things to us, we as leaders have a responsibility to declare them to you, and then you have a responsibility and privilege to follow along. And so this morning, I just want to begin to pray. And if you're watching online, I want you to receive the Spirit of God that's in our hearts this morning, that's in our lives. This is more than just a stimulus check, and this is more than just a vaccine being distributed. There's something else in the play. There's something else that's moving. It's the Spirit of God that is moving in our lives. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, I want you just to begin to say, God, turn it. Turn it, Lord. Turn it. Turn my anxiety to strength. Turn my worries to, to faith. Turn it, Father. Lord, I just pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you'll begin to turn our, our, our sadness into joy. Lord, I pray even now that you'll begin to turn sickness into health. I pray, Lord, that you will turn our depression into the joy of the Lord. I pray, oh God, you'll turn our poverty into riches, not riches of this earth, but riches in heaven. I pray, Lord Jesus, begin to turn it in Jesus' name, not my name, not the name of this church, but the name of the one who died on the cross and rose again and who's coming back in the name of Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior. Turn it, Lord. Turn it in Jesus' name. I pray for those online that they would experience a turning of their spirit. Let them, Lord, let it be turned from going through the motions and let it be turned into an experience with Jehovah Jireh. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Go ahead and Jeremy, whenever you're ready, just start singing it. Father, we love you. We praise you. We are worshiping you. Hallelujah. Yes. 
feedback this morning. I believe it. I believe it. Father, I just pray now that as we prepare our hearts through worship, that your word will now touch us, transform us, and prepare us for what you are doing. You, you have not gone to sleep. You have not forgotten uh, about where we are at. The circumstances that surround us are not by accident. Lord, you have been in control, and you are guiding us to your purposes. You're leading us closer to you. You're drawing your church to be pure. You're drawing your church to be hungry. You're drawing us to, to you, Jesus. You're bringing us to your feet. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Bless your people. Bless those who don't know you today to know your power, to know your love, to know your forgiveness. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You may be, just be seated in faith. I am believing God for great things. Uh, what, a, what a powerful song there. I am going to see a victory. How many of you are going to declare that in 2021? I am going to see a victory. Amen. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see God work in marvelous ways. I'm going to see Him work in ways that go beyond me, that go beyond my abilities. That's why I'm here. Okay, so surprise again. There's nothing special about me. And I know you all figured that out already in the past eight months. You already figured out. There's really nothing special to that guy. And good, good deal. I'm glad you figured that out. Now let's just watch God work. Let's watch God do what he can do. Let's watch God be glorified. Let's let God be lifted up. Not a man, not my preaching, not my excitement, but let Jesus' name be lifted higher than any other name. And when that happens, when Jesus is lifted up, God begins to work, and He draws people to Him. He draws people to Him. And that I am hungry for that this morning. I'm hungry for that this year. I can tell you, I want to see souls saved. I want to see souls changed. And, I, and I'm believing for that. I'm believing for a victory. And this is how I know one of the reasons why I know this church is going to see a victory. Because you ended the year in a bang. Pastor Mark, come on up with this, this wonderful news. Uh, I, I wish he would have done a bad job coloring. They did too good of a job coloring because the realities are the colors go, they doubled. They doubled this church during a worldwide pandemic when people are losing their jobs, when businesses are, some businesses out there aren't soaring, when people are holding on to their money, when people are saying, okay, honey, let's not spend money this year. We got to save it. There's, there's a worldwide pandemic coming. We need to save our money. No, no, no. This church said, I'm ready to give. I'm ready to sow seed. I'm ready to see a future. I'm ready to look beyond my present circumstances, and I can see ahead. That's what we are. We're, we're visionaries. We're people that see beyond the present, and we can see the future. And I know that's why you gave. So, you guys raised, this church raised over $30,000. Give yourself a praise offering to God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mark. So I've been working, I've been on the phone this past weekend with the director uh, of the Dream Center, and uh, she already uh, sent her dream van. Uh, initially, you know, when we talked with her, she said, I've, I've got this van for 15000 And in my mind, I told you there was nothing special about me. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, that, that sounds doable, right? Oh, 
come on, we don't want to just be doable this year, right? I knew in the bottom of my heart you guys were going to go above and beyond that, but I said, okay, 15,000. Let, let's do that. <laughs> Baby steps. Let's have some victories. But uh, when I shared with her what we were doing, and then obviously your leadership council was aware, uh, she sent me her dream van. And so I passed that information on to the leadership council, and they unanimously said, let's do the dream van. So we are purchasing, hopefully uh, this week, uh, they're going to purchase it. We're going to write the check. They'll purchase it. And uh, I want to take, I, I, I would love to take everyone, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume at this point we're going to have a limit. But I want to take a good uh, representation of this church, and we're going to deliver this van to the ladies at the farm. It's a beautiful farm out in, uh, just off of I-80, just I-80 West, about an hour and a half, maybe 15 minutes from Iowa. Uh, we'll take Mike Miller and, and, and let him see his family in Iowa. And, and uh, it's right there next to Iowa. It's a beautiful farm out there. And I want to see, I want you to see what God is doing and what God's going to do with your gift. Now, again, this is not about a van. This is not about money. Don't, don't, don't mistake this, that the church is all about material possessions and money. This is about faith. This is about generosity. This is about what God, when God touches us, we have to touch others. And so this, this really gets things going. So I'm excited about this, this new year. I'm excited about what God is doing. And uh, we'll keep you informed about that. And I'll, I'll be sure to announce when we're going out there and see how many of you can, can join us with that. So thank God for that. Well, this morning, I'm going to be sharing a message. I'm beginning a series called Rent. To own. And I'm going to be talking about ownership versus renting. Now, I've been, a, I've, I've rented and I've owned, and yes, I prefer owning. But obviously this morning, this is going deeper than just material possessions. This is going into how we see God's kingdom. How do you see God's kingdom? How do you view God in your life? Is God just somebody you come visit in a building on Sunday mornings? Is God somebody you just call upon when things aren't going your way? When the doctor says you're sick, does God become important to you? When, when you do lose your job, does God become somebody, oh Lord, you are, the, you are my light and my salvation, I need you to help me. Or is God your daily bread? Is God the air that you breathe? Is God what sustains you every day? Is God the motivation of your life? Is, is God the one who is guiding you and directing your every step? And I want us to be challenged through the series about, are you an owner in God's kingdom or are you just renting space? And I'm going to be sharing from Exodus chapter 1 this morning. And this story in Exodus chapter 1 is the story... Uh, where it picks up is where Joseph left off. Joseph is, as you know, as it was ending uh, the book of Genesis, Joseph, God used Joseph to save Egypt and save the, the known world. The world was going to face a worldwide crisis. There was going to be a famine that was going to touch the known world of Joseph's time. And guess what? God had a plan for Joseph and his family and all those who would listen to not just survive this worldwide crisis, but to actually thrive through this worldwide crisis. 
And can I tell you, this is what this is my expectation that this church and believers in Christ all around the world will thrive this 2021. That we're going to be the head and not the tail. That we're going to be lifting people up. The reason why I'm not concerned about $600 or $2,000 is because I, I serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. 2000 or 6000 doesn't matter to him. Jesus said, or, or I'm sorry, J- Jonathan said that God can save by many or by few. God can, can, uh, can bless you with 600 He can bless you with zero. God can bless you no matter See, we, we, we walk this earth and we are listening and we are moving about this earth to the beat of not the drum of this world, but we move by the beat of the drum of heaven. There's a spiritual drum that you and I are following. So while everybody else is panicking, you know what we're doing? We're worshiping and we're giving. That's what we're doing. And so God was using Joseph to save the known world to save his family. But that became the problem. The problem was is that they were thriving. There's a, there, we're a part of a world system that doesn't want the church to thrive. You know that? We're gonna, we're gonna, there's going to be a battle. The good news is the battle is not ours. It belongs to the Lord. But there's going to be a battle because the system, the world system that we are a part of does not want the church to thrive. Because this world is proclaiming truth. And Jesus said that this truth is like a light and the light exposes the darkness and people do not want to come out of their darkness. But I can tell you that there's that that that, that group is getting smaller because there's a bigger group that's in darkness and they're saying, "We want the light. We want to come out of this darkness." We're tired of the numbers of killings increasing. We want to see life. And you and I have that plan. And so God gave Joseph the plan. They thrived. But the Egyptian ruler said, okay, no, we got to shut this down. We don't want you to thrive. We don't want you to become a powerful nation. Then you'll take over, and we're going to have to serve you. So this is what happens in Exodus 1, verse 11. Let me read these few verses to you. The Bible says, So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. Can I just pause there for a moment? The enemy has a plan. We know it is to steal, kill, and destroy us. And he's been working overtime on us. He's been working on us. And he's trying to wear us down. But little does he know, we're like, a, we're like a piece of steel being sharpened. He's trying to wear us down, but he's actually making us sharper. He's actually making us shinier. He's actually making us more dangerous. He's actually making us tougher. He's making us more determined. And if you're not with me, I can just tell you, he's making me more determined than ever before. He's making me more creative more than ever before because it's not me, who, it's, but it's he who lives in me. He's trying to wear us down. That's why Jesus said, or that's why James said, count it all joy when you go through trials. Because what are those trials doing? They're making you sharp. I am learning to embrace 
things I don't like. I'm, I'm learning to embrace circumstances that, that frustrate me. I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning that little by little, I mean, just, just little things where even yesterday, there were some things I wanted to do, and I said to myself, no, I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to go do this for somebody else. And I went and did that. And I, and I recognized that God was working in me. And it start, it's time for God's people to start embracing those things that used to frustrate us, that used to make us angry, that used to get us upset. And we start embracing it because what the enemy's trying to wear you down, but he's actually making you sharper. So they tried to wear them down. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Now, I'm so grateful for God's blessings in my life, and I'm so grateful that God has blessed you. I'm so grateful that God has allowed us to raise $30,000 for not our building and not our ministry, but for somebody else's ministry. But that, what that tells me is God has blessed us. And what that tells me also is that it's going to take just a real brief moment, but what we have to understand, this story, the Egyptian story is our story. And this is what I mean. It may not feel, well, maybe, you know, some of you might say, oh, yes, it does. But some days may not feel like you're just making bricks and mortar. And some of you are like, oh, no, you haven't been to my job, have you? <laughs> We're doing that. We're, we're making that. It's, I feel like I have a brutal slave master over us. He's just ruined. Mark, don't, don't start. I, I know what he's thinking. <laughs> I'll make you come in extra time. No. You know, some of us feel like, man, this, this, all I'm doing is making bricks and mortar for somebody else. And I want you to know that that's exactly what's happening. Like I said, most of you, you're blessed. You drove here in a warm vehicle, and you're in a warm building. We're blessed. So we forget sometimes that we're actually a part of a system that's brutal. Now, some of you have stories of, yeah, I know, this system is brutal. And let me tell you this. Stop working tomorrow. Stop paying your bills. And stop paying your taxes. And you'll find out how brutal this system is. It's a brutal system. Let me share this with you. Do you know this? According to the statistics, and I'm sure they're pretty accurate, the top 1% of Americans, which are all the billionaires and some of the multi-millionaires, own 99% of America's wealth. So the 99% of us, we're fighting for the 1% that's left. So in essence, you and I, we're really working to keep this boat floating, we're, we're like on the bottom level. We're working to, so that the people on level four can enjoy their parties. If you want to be cynical today. Now, again, follow me because I'm not being cynical today. 
and follow me because I'm not, I'm not going to be a Robin Hood that says, guess what? I'm going to, let's, let's, let's be a Robin Hood. Let's be a group of Robin Hoods that steal from the rich and let's disperse that to the 99%. I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to come up with a different economic system. I'm not here to be political. I'm not here to, 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 to be anything but a servant of the Lord to declare his truth. And the truth is that people are suffering. That the American worker, listen to their cries. You can hear them. The American worker is like these Egyptians. Because they're making bricks, and they're using mortar, and they're doing all of this work, and they're not even able to enjoy it. And it's not even for them. It's being done for others, and the American worker is suffering, and they're being beat up, and that's why people are looting. And I know there's more issues, and I'm not giving them an excuse to loot, but I want you to understand, it's time for us to quit cursing the darkness, and it's time for us to shine our light. I'm not angry at the looters. I'm angry at the system. And you and I can change it. You and I have answers. You and I have a better plan. We've got, we can fix this. And that's why I have hope. We can do this. And I want to tell you, let me first of all tell you this morning, when I look at this story about the Egyptians treating the Israelites like slaves, I want to remind you of something, that this system that we're a part of, you and I are not slaves. And most of you will say, well, yeah, no. I've got a home. I've got cars. I'm not a slave. No, no, no. Listen to me. Stop working tomorrow. You'll find out how much of a slave you are. You have to work. You're going to have to work to earn something, right? But but hear my entire heart this morning, okay? The first thing I want to declare to you, and this this is not my main point, but the first thing I want to declare to you is this. Believers in Christ do not strive to own earthly possessions. I hope that's a good way to start 2021. You and I don't strive to own earthly possessions. The the, the American worker is suffering out there, and many of them are suffering out there because they, they can't afford a nice vacation, because they can't afford two cars, because they are renting and they can't own their own home. And, and so they're suffering. And so what are they doing? They're waking up every day and they're striving. I want to own my own home. I want to own more money because if I have more money, then I can go on vacation. If I have more, if I keep working and I keep, you know, busting my tail out there, and maybe if I lie once in a while, and maybe if I turn in my coworker, or maybe I turn in my manager, then the guy above him will make me the manager, and, and, and I'll start acting evil and deceitful because I want to climb the ladder. And once I get high enough on the ladder, I made it. I can make my own decisions. But you and I, we're not motivated by earthly possessions. We're not governed by what by where, where we live and what we have. And I want to tell you, as your pastor, I have lived this just recently. Let me just share this, and I share this in humility, and it's ultimately a praise to God. When Tara and I got married in 1997, we, uh, we lived in an apartment. I, I was so poor that my mother-in-law had a sign for us to move into the apartment. That's how poor I was coming out of Bible college. And so we lived in an apartment, but you know what? We committed to paying our tithe, and we committed to giving to missions. 
and responding to God whenever. And guess what? God gave us our first home. It was a beautiful starter home in 1999. I love that home. It, I, I could have lived there forever. It was a beautiful, and it was, but it was a starter home, but it was beautiful, and we loved it. And then one, one day, Tara was like, you know, uh, she loves cooking. And I, I can't wait to have as many of you to experience that as possible. A few of you have, and, and not everybody is, but that day is coming, okay? So remind Tara when you see her that Pastor Sid said we're going to experience it in 2021. And here's my date, okay? She, she loves to cook, and so she's like, I need a bigger kitchen. And, I, and so, which, which meant bigger kitchen, bigger home. And I said, well, honey, let's pray about it. And she said, well, I already did. God spoke to me. I said, honey, when he speaks to me, we'll do something about it. She said, okay, he'll speak to you. And sure enough, one morning, I literally woke up and I said, today's the day we're going to sell our home. And I talked to a guy, and the next week, our home was sold. Now, that was in 2008 of February. Now, I bought that home in 1999. I'll just tell you, I, I hope this doesn't, this is to God's glory. We, we bought that home for 119000 God doubled our money because we sold it for 220000 in February of 2008. Now, you tell me if God's not in control of your life when you're, when you're, when you're following God, you tell me that God can't bless you. God's going to bless you. You pray and listen to your wife. Your wife knows, okay? So, wife, that was your moment. That was your moment to say, honey, I know what I'm talking about. Just listen to me. Don't listen to the Wall Street. You don't have to listen to the Wall Street Journal. Just listen to me. And I listened to my wife, I listened to the Lord, and we sold that home. So we took that blessing, and we, we built our dream home in Utah. When God was moving us here to Illinois, we were selling that dream home. The first person that walked in was the buyer again, God bless. And I, God put something in my heart. I knew coming to Illinois, and not, that, not only did I know, I actually wanted a smaller home. I wanted, and I told Tara. And she said, let's pray about it. And I said, honey, I already did. She said, no, 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 let, let's pray. And I said, okay, you can pray, but God's going to speak. And that's exactly what God did. He gave us a beautiful brand new townhome. And, uh, okay, some of it was selfish. I was done doing yard work. I was done being out in the yard every week doing work, fixing this, fixing that, worrying about the sprinkler system, worrying about this and this and that. I didn't want to have to worry about that stuff anymore. But it was bigger than that. I knew what God was working in my heart. And let me just tell you something, that the application here is this. Because I do have days where the enemy says, wait a minute, you went from an apartment to a starter home to your dream home. Why would God want you to go back? Even, I would consider this, this home even maybe back to a starter home. What are your friends going to think in ministry? What are people going to think that you have just a town home in? What are people going to think that you get another dream home? They're going to think that you're losing it. And I want to tell you, those thoughts do enter my mind very briefly, but I put them out of my mind because I know this. My status is not tied to my home. My happiness isn't tied to where I lay down. My joy and my purpose isn't in my finances and isn't in my wallet and it isn't in my future uh, retirement plan, but my joy and my purpose and my, and my focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ and He is guiding me and He is directing me. I don't strive to, earn, to own earthly possessions. 
And I pray that you will not strive either. Let me tell you, let me share a verse with you from Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. A powerful uh, scripture verse. You know it so well. Matthew chapter 6, 19 says, Don't store up treasure here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I'm storing up treasure in heaven. My treasures are not in this earth. My treasure was not in that home. That's why when God put that in my heart, I didn't fight God. I didn't say, but God, wait, are you sure? Are you sure you want us? You sh- no, I don't think so, God. I think we need to go after another dream home, Lord. And, and here's the point. We, God may bless us with another home. I'm not, gonna, I'm not withholding that because this is what I want you to hear today. We don't, we don't strive for earthly possessions. Now, I never said we don't own earthly possessions. And I can just tell you that I am not going to be a preacher that says, you own, you, you, you have worldly possessions, you're a sinner. That's not me. Let me give you an example, for, for instance. If I had somebody from the worship team or the kids' ministry if I had somebody who was on the leadership council who was constantly serving, and in those situations, let me tell you, we know if we're reading our Bible and praying. So I know if they're reading their Bible and praying, I know that they're serving, and they come to me and say, Pastor said, God's blessed me with a brand new truck, the one I've always wanted. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rejoice with them because I know that they have their priorities in line. This message is not about throwing away all our possessions. This is not about saying, okay, I I can only have one car. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, honey, we're going to have to sell our dream home. And no, 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 you're missing the point. God spoke that to me. That was something personal between me and God. Now, if God chooses to speak to you about that, don't get mad at me. (laughs) Well, if you wouldn't have said it, God wouldn't have thought it. I know you don't believe that. Because here's the reality. You can have one, two, three cars. You can, have, you can own a boat. You can own an MTV, ATV. You can have your dream home. But here's the point. You are not striving for that. You are not saying, oh, I, I don't have, do I pray or do I work double time? Oh, no, I'm going to work double time. Sorry, God, I'll catch up with you later. Because if that's how you're getting your dream home, then there's a problem. If you are working so much to have earthly possessions that you cannot read your Bible, you cannot pray, and you cannot serve your church, then there is a problem. But I can tell you, I know a lot of believers who own beautiful homes, and they're sitting in this, in this church, and I've been in their homes, and they serve God, and they're givers, And I gladly walk into their homes and I say, thank you, God, that you bless them. Thank you, God, that you are using them to be a blessing. So we, the point is that we hold these earthly possessions loosely. I hope you don't, today, I hope you don't go go home, and this is an exaggeration, obviously, but you don't go home and start hugging your house. Oh, God, please don't take it from me. 
that crazy pastor, he's not even special. I knew he wasn't special, and he's over here talking about things. God, don't take my home. I hope you walk into your home and say, God, this home is yours. Thank you for letting me sleep in here another night. I hope that's your attitude. I hope that's where you're at with your material possessions. You hold them loosely. You don't hold on to them tight. The only thing we're holding on tight is the Lord Jesus Christ and His kingdom and His promises. That's the one thing I'm not letting go. That's the one thing you can't have for me. You won't be able to take from me. I don't negotiate God's promises. I don't negotiate my love for God. I don't negotiate the passion I have for my Lord and Savior. That is something that is with me, and you cannot take it, and I'm going to want more of it. I'm going to be greedy. I'm say, give me more, Lord. I want more. We are working to store up treasure in heaven. I hope that's what you're working for. And here's the point. You remember Solomon? God said, Solomon, ask for anything you want. Ask for anything you want. Woo! He was young. And what did he ask for? Wisdom. What did God say? Because you didn't ask for riches, I'm going to give them to you. Because you didn't ask for your enemies to be defeated, I'm going to do that. Because you didn't ask for power, I'm going to give you that too. God knew he could trust Solomon because Solomon had his priorities in line. I want us to have our priorities in line this 2021. And it's a good question to start asking yourself, are my priorities in check? Check your checkbook. That will give you an indication. Check your schedule. Check your calendar. Is God just there on Sunday? Because if God is just there on Sunday, probably your priorities are not in check. And you've got too much focus on the treasures of this earth that are temporary. They're temporary. They're going away. And again, let me just be doomsday just for a brief moment. It's just a good reality check. All of this money that's being made is just paper. You know that, right? You guys are smart enough. Doctor, am I right? He knows, and I know he's in the medical field, but he's a a part of our armed forces. He he knows. Many of you know. You're smart enough. You don't, it's just paper. Our debt is trillions and trillions of dollars. So where is this money coming from? Coming from literally a machine. So when God decides to crash this thing, it will be crashed. It will be crashed. All right. I'll save that for a later time because I don't want to scare people online and say, oh, shut it off, shut it off, shut it off. This is my point. I am working to store up treasure in heaven where it can't be destroyed, where nobody can take it, where the government can't seize it, where the government can't regulate it. God, the, the government can't regulate my treasure in heaven. Your neighbors can't take it. Nobody can. And so I want us to do two things this year. I want us to become, the first thing I want us to do is I want us to become owners in God's kingdom. True owners. I want you to have ownership in God's kingdom this year. And we're going to be talking about this for this month, but I want you to declare that, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm owning in. I am all in into your kingdom. I'm all in. Remember, just remember, I know some of you get scared when you think that because you think, oh, 
going to have to get rid of the boat. Oh, I'm going to have to get rid of vacation. No, you're not listening to the message. And the reality is you're revealing your heart to God. You're revealing your heart to God. Let me, t- I, I, let me share another personal thing. One of the things I loved, loved doing, but in Utah I was able to do a lot, I loved playing basketball. I loved it. My home, our dream home, was one minute away from a rec center that had full court basketball all the time. Of course, when Alexander was born, I used to, I used to go three times a week to play full court basketball. Alexander was born, I, I started going once a week. And all the husbands said, I know what you're saying. But I used to tell God, I used to say, God, if you want to take basketball from me, it's yours. Like, you can have it. If, you, if God were to tell me, I know this might sound crazy to some of you, but it makes a point. I said, God, if you tell me to stop playing basketball, the one thing I enjoy more than anything than eating a poor boy sandwich from Mariska's. That's probably poor boy sandwich from Mariska's and then playing basketball really close. And I'm talking about earthly things. Like, I don't need to go on vacation. I don't need to go to cruises. You get me playing full court basketball. I am in my heaven on earth. And I said, God, if you take that from me, I'm fine. And guess what he did? He took it from me. Now, God never told me I can't play. But I, I moved here to Chicago, and I thought, oh, I'm, down, I'm moving. You know, I was in ministry in Chicago. I'm like, these guys are going to be playing basketball. They, they have a basketball court, but the basketball court turned into a youth center. Youth always taking the basketball court. My point is, I was okay with it. I'm okay with that. Now, I'm still going to beg Dan Dewar to play basketball with me, and Clark, please play basketball with me. I'm still going to beg them, but they may never fulfill that wish, and it's going to be okay because I am an owner in God's kingdom. So it's not about basketball. Remember, I'm, I was, the point is I'm willing to give those things up. I'm not telling you to get rid of your home. I'm not telling you don't take the pay raise. I'm telling you, check your heart. What's most important to you? What do you really want to own this 2021? What's the most important thing to you? And then the other thing that we're going to be talking about very simply is this. I want us to move our renter mentality to this earth. All right, I I think I beat that point up, but there it is on the screen. Oh, it was on the screen. Maybe on the screen. Maybe it's coming. Who? It's the last point. I am moving my renter mentality to this earth. So I want to own into God's kingdom, but I'm going to put my renter mentality on this earth. Now, let me qualify that again. Because again, I don't want to be misquoted here. When Tara and I owned our apartment, we took care of our apartment. We cleaned it. We we did everything. We didn't we weren't sloppy with things that were not ours. This church, I don't own this church, but you better believe I'm going to take care of it. So, just because you have a renter mentality about this earth doesn't mean you're just what we say in Spanish, trochimochi. We're not just careless with our possessions. I'm not asking you to be careless with your possessions. I'm just asking you to bring all your earthly possessions under the authority of God and let God manage it. Let's move our, our, our renter mentality to this earth. Because what's been happening, what has been taking place in God's church, 
is people have had renter mentality about God's kingdom. And that is, and again, be honest with yourself. I'm going to be honest with myself. Are, are there times where I look at God's kingdom and say, well, when I get to it, I'm, I'm doing something more important right now. God understands. No, 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 no. God understands what His Word says, and His Word says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He will add all of these blessings to you. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. Let me give you one final thought this morning. Let me declare to you one final point. This is an important one. When, let me, let me say it to you this way. Whatever you own, owns you. Alright, that's a general statement. That's a very general statement, but let me put some color to it. It's a very black and white statement. Whatever you own, owns you. Again, you don't believe me? You know, try it with your house. Stop cutting the grass. What's going to happen? It's going to own you. You know, stop, stop doing things to your house. No, your house owns you. In a general sense, your house owns you because you have to take care of it. Whatever owns you, whatever you own, owns you. All right? So again, I'm not asking you to get out of your house. I'm asking you to have an owner's mentality with God. And this is what I want this new year. I want you to declare that God, that I'm going to own His kingdom. And by owning His kingdom... God now owns me. And when God owns you, He will then own all of your possessions, all of your hopes, all of your dreams, and all of your problems. You, you, you forget about that. See, see, here's the point. Many of us want to give our problems to God. God, own this problem. Own this problem, but don't touch my house. But don't touch my job. But don't touch my leisure time. No, he owns it all or he owns nothing. This year, 2021, I want God to own all of us. I want us to be owners in God's kingdom. I want us to want him more than anything else. I want us to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And when that happens, there will be freedom in your life. There will be freedom in the lives around you. And there is going to be joy in the streets of America. There's going to be joy in the streets of your home and in your community. Do you know God's Word has the perfect plan for our health care? God, God's Word has the perfect plan for our educational system. God's Word has the perfect plan of getting rid of drugs and, and violence out of the street. Did you know that? I know that, and I believe it. And i got to say, God, well, what am I not doing to, that I'm not seeing it? I've got to be honest with myself. And I can tell you, I'm all in with God this year. And I pray that you'll come along with me. Because I hope you're, you are smart enough to know getting back to normal doesn't fix this. Getting back to God does. Getting back to normal doesn't fix this. Getting back to God will. Would you stand with me? I want to get back to God. You can start playing. And whenever you start singing, I'll be quiet. So... You know, that's a cue for you to... Father, I just pray you'll begin to move by your Spirit. Move, Holy Spirit, even those watching online. 
Move us to a place of ownership. Move us out of renting space. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come, sing it, sing it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 